the coronavirus is about to result in a worldwide lockdown. The rapid spread of the virus is unheard of in modern history and results from Italy are totally staggering. There are some fascinating ways in which priests are attempting to safely distribute Holy Communion and hear confessions, and we must recognize this as a chastisement from God. All that and more on this episode of The John Henry Weston Show. Stay tuned. Let's begin as we always do with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. For the first time in Rome in hundreds of years, there will be no celebration of Holy Week. No Holy Thursday, no Good Friday, no Easter Sunday. That didn't even happen during the World Wars. Not, says historian Professor Roberto de Mate, since perhaps when Napoleon invaded Rome at the end of the 18th century. The professor told LifeSite's Dr. Micah Hickson that he supports, and I quote, restrictive health measures. He supports these restrictive health measures because, he says, faced with the coronavirus epidemic, I believe that the Italian line, which aims to protect people's health, is more fair than that of some countries, such as England, which attribute primacy to the economy. Professor de Matte explained, in fact, he rebuked Great Britain for its approach to let the illness run its course without many restrictions so far. Boris Johnson's position seems to me based on eugenics and Darwinism, and I'm afraid that it will bring misfortunes to his country, he said. As a side note, I'm sure many of you would have seen the leaked briefing for the government's National Health Service published in the Guardian newspaper yesterday. It was entitled UK Coronavirus to Last Until Spring 2021 and could see 7.9 million hospitalized. The document says that, and I quote, as many as 80% of the population are expected to be infected with COVID-19 in the next 12 months, and up to 15%, and that's 7.9 million people, may require hospitalization, end quote. The paper points out that with a 1% mortality rate, that would lead to over half a million deaths this year, except the World Health Organization has suggested a mortality rate of over 3 so, there's no surprise that Professor Dumate says, I am therefore in favor of restrictive health measures, but he also reminds us that in Italy, it is forbidden to leave houses unless you have to go to work, to a pharmacy, or to a supermarket. But Professor Dumate at the same time reminds us of the importance of our spiritual lives. He regrets that masses are currently abolished in Italy, saying that, in my opinion, it would be, it would be possible to authorize them with due precautions. Now, we are receiving, he says, extra misam communion every day from a zealous priest. That is, communion outside of Mass. So, communion in the mouth, he says, cannot carry the virus if the priest disinfects his hands every time he distributes it. So, let me explain then what they're doing in Italy right now, at least some priests in Italy are doing some very ingenious ways to 
they would be open to celebrating mass when that gets allowed again by by the way restricting the number of people that are allowed to come into the church at any one time to 50 or so whatever the requirement that the government sets is in order to limit the spread of the virus also to just have people sit six feet apart and also when they come up for holy communion one at a time again six feet apart and when the priest does administer holy communion to the first one he then cleanses his hands in a solution of water and alcohol before administering communion to the next person. And so therefore, you have a very clean, if you will, or disinfected way of distributing Holy Communion. Moreover, in the U.S. and other places, there are priests who are administering Holy Communion um, different, in different ways, in different kind of ingenious ways. Um, there are solutions proposed for outdoor masses with the churchgoers in their cars, either getting Holy Communion in their cars or uh, making uh, spiritual Holy Communions from their cars, at least being able to witness the Holy Sacrifice of the Mass live. Uh, some, of course, are watching their Masses on TV. Some people are live streaming Masses. Some priests are, are doing them over radio. Also, confession in vehicles uh, with a good priest, a, a priest a good distance away. Again, three to six feet away or whatever the government proposes its legislation um, and then the priest is able still to hear making sure people aren't in earshot but this can be set up back of a parking lot type of thing and having uh, you know people um, able to confess their sins this is an absolute requirement when people are in need of a good confession especially if they're in danger of death and the thing is, of course, we're going to be publishing on LifeSite ways of making your spiritual Holy Communion a perfect, a perfect act of contrition when there's absolutely no possibility of getting to a priest. You are able to, with the intention of making a confession, if possible, um, make a perfect act of contrition, which can actually also forgive even mortal sins. Professor DeMatte stresses, we must certainly do everything to preserve our lives, but we must also ensure the spiritual goods that we need in order to persevere in the difficult days ahead. Practically speaking, the spiritual means are, he says, the daily Holy Rosary and Holy Communion as frequently as possible, even extra misan that's outside the Mass. But above all, we must love the justice of God, because without justice there can be no mercy, and God is infinitely merciful because he is infinitely right. So to understand what this about this remark or what this means, we must understand the gravity of our current anti-God world. There's more sin now than at any other time in history, and that's simply a fact. Many people actually say, oh, no, there's not. There was you know, so much sin before, before. Ah, you know what? Nonsense. First of all, let's do a quick proof. Um, Our Lady of Fatima came in 1917, told the little children, more people go to hell because of sins of the flesh than for any other reason. And yet, <laughs> sins of the flesh, of course, sins of impurity, which we've explained many times. And yet, there are more people today who view porn regularly than there were people alive in 1917. So don't let someone tell you it was worse before. It wasn't. Moreover, we have the most extreme heresies of all time, accepted by a majority of Catholics and pushed by the Pope himself. So we must also have an outlook of joy, by the way, rather than only worry and not to worry. We have to have the hope of eternal salvation. The prospect of death is not terrifying. It is the only way of entrance into eternal life. 
In his talk on the matter, Professor DeMonte said, and I quote, it is time to multiply the calls for conversion and repentance and to nourish the supernatural spirit of those close to us. DeMatte also puts this um, current crisis in the context of the message of Fatima, of Our Lady of Fatima, saying that this is the moment to remember the message of Fatima because the divine punishments, which have already been affecting the church for many years, are making themselves visible to the whole society. End quote. And that's perhaps, at least for me, one of the most interesting comments of all. Remember the vision of Fatima when you see a knight, and now this was the words of the vision of Fatima, when you see a knight illumined by an unknown light, know that this is a great sign given you by God that he's about to punish the world for its crimes by means of war, famine, and persecutions of the church and the Holy Father. To prevent this, I shall come to ask for the consecration of Russia to my Immaculate Heart and the communion of reparation on the first Saturdays. If my requests are heeded, said Our Lady, Russia will be converted and there will be peace. If not, she will spread her errors throughout the world, causing wars and persecutions of the church. The good will be martyred. The Holy Father will have much to suffer. Various nations will be annihilated. In the end, she said, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. The Holy, the Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and she shall be converted and a period of peace will be granted to the world. But then the third part, released in 2000, stated, and I quote again, We saw an angel with a flaming sword in his left hand. Flashing it gave out flames that looked as though they would set the world on fire, but they died out in contact with the splendor of uh, that Our Lady radiated towards him from her right hand. Pointing to the, er to the earth with his right hand, the angel cried out in a loud voice, Penance, penance, penance. We saw an immense light that is God, something similar to how people appear in a mirror when they pass in front of it, a bishop dressed in white. We had the impression that it was the Holy Father. Other bishops, priests, men and women religious going up a steep mountain, at the top of which there was a big cross of rough hewn trunks, as of a cork tree with the bark. Before reaching there, the Holy Father passed through a big city half in ruins, now pay attention, and half trembling with halting step, afflicted with pain and sorrow, he prayed for the souls of the corpses he met on his way. Now that's very interesting to note, because if we look at the numbers of deaths that are possible in Italy with only a one, or that are possible with only 1% of the nation of the UK is over 500,000 deaths. Italy is actually seemingly worse right now. In the Lombardy region, it's not a 1% morbidity, it is a 6.6% morbidity. We'll see what how that plays out, what that means. We'll probably see it in the coming weeks, but this is going to be very scary indeed, and the prospect of having to step over corpses is very real. Professor DeMatte nonetheless recalled an earlier essay on the corona, uh, in an earlier essay on the coronavirus, um, he recalled the similarity of the third Fatima visions angel with the account of the miracle of the stopping of the bubonic plague or black death as it was known, which if you remember wiped out half of the population of Europe. The angels in fact are, he says, the executors of divine punishments on people, as the dramatic vision of the third secret of Fatima reminds us by calling us to repentance. The Black Death ended with a miraculous intervention of Our Lady via an image of her painted by St. Luke the Evangelist. As the plague ended, Pope Gregory witnessed angels singing the Regina Celli, 
and that's by the way where we get the prayer from the song Regina Celli which we sing during Easter and then the he saw Saint Michael the Archangel atop what is now called Castle San Angelo sheathed that means put back into its scabbard a bloody sword and that's when they knew that the plague had ended and of course this seems somewhat dire because here's another angel um, looking or, or now sheathing his sword of punishment for the world. But despite his being in the hardest hit of nations suffering from coronavirus, Professor Damate remains hopeful. He tells us to remind one another that everything that happens is, and I quote, for the salvation of the elected and for the triumph of the church, adding that, quote, the closer the punishment is, the closer will be the triumph of her immaculate heart, the immaculate heart of Mary that Our Lady has promised us. The solution to all of this that of, is that of Our Lady and uh, Our Lady of Fatima. It's not a battle against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. It's waged first and foremost in our own hearts. The formula for success is easy. It's daily Mass, wherever possible. The five first Saturdays. Three Hail Marys. The Rosary. Confession. Consecration to Our Lady of ourselves and our families. The scapular. Intercession of the saints and guardian angels. And never, ever lose hope. In the end, my Immaculate Heart will triumph. Our Lady promised. The Holy Father will consecrate Russia to me and she shall be converted and a period of peace will be granted to the world. In 2017, Cardinal Raymond Burke called on the Pope to consecrate Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. He said, and I quote, Regarding the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary, I do not doubt for a moment the intention of Pope St. John Paul II to carry out the consecration on March 25, 1984. The servant of God, Sister Maria Lucia of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart indicated that Our Lady had accepted it, but it is evident that the consecration was not carried out in the manner requested by Our Lady. Recognizing the necessity of a total conversion from atheistic materialism and communism to Christ, the call of Our Lady of Fatima to consecrate Russia to her Immaculate Heart in accord with her explicit instruction remains urgent, he said. For those who may still object to calling for the consecration of Russia, Cardinal Burke recalled the words of Pope St. John Paul II himself, who said in 1982 during his consecration of the world to the Immaculate Heart, and I quote, Mary's appeal is not for just once. Her appeal must be taken up generation after generation in accord with the ever new signs of the times. It must be unceasingly returned to. It must ever be taken up anew. So let's renew our own consecration to Mary this March 25th, the Feast of Her Annunciation, where she became the living tabernacle of God, the Ark of the New Covenant, the Theotokos, the God-bearer, or simply the Mother of God. And with that, we can say with great confidence to the Eternal Father, Behold not me, but behold the handmaid of the Lord. Let's ask again for the consecration of Russia to the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Let's do our part to honor the mother of Jesus so that we might worthily honor her son in her, with her, and through her. For LifeSite News, this is John Henry Weston, and may God bless you.